Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by my co-host Alex. As always, it has been a while uh, since our last episode. I believe it was a couple Fridays ago now and we're coming, we're having this come out on August 1st, which was a Monday, heading into day five of training camp. We appreciate you being here. Um, I don't know how my audio sounds. I'm, I'm not home, so I'm recording this on my on my Mac. So hopefully it comes out. Normally when I do these Mac recordings, it actually I always get surprised by how I guess pretty good the audio quality is. So hopefully I'm not, you know, letting people down with after I'm saying that. <laughs> and then Alex should sound uh fine as always. He is home. So anyway, <laughs> I wanna address some things, but first of all, Alex, how are you? I'm doing well. My audio quality can never be just normal, Josh. My audio quality is always interesting. So We'll see how that is as well. Uh, we, you know, we really need some, we need like a specific audio engineer. If we had the budget, we'd have one of those. But unfortunately, that's just me for now. So uh, we'll see how that all goes. But uh, I'm doing well. And uh, let's get into your announcements. This is like weird. I don't know if you have your announcement section now. <laughs> it's just like some stuff I do want to address in the beginning. I mean, I guess you could say it's announcements. But again, like I said, it's it's been about what 10 days since our last episode so it's like i want to get some stuff in there because it's been a while um for the people listening on those audio platforms which we really appreciate so i'm gonna shout out some appreciations right now um and first of all obviously since it's the, it's the end of july we're not gonna have that manscaped ad that you've heard uh in the july podcast because that i guess campaign has ended for the month um, hopefully it does get extended for us because it really does help us out. But what mainly helps us out is you. So anyone who used that code giant take to, uh, purchase Manscaped products, maybe it's a 4.0, maybe it's as small as the, as the boxers, but whatever it was. And if you use that code giant take to get 20% off during that time, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing I wanted to mention here is if you only are a podcast listener, first of all, again, like I said, this is going to be the appreciation announcement section, I guess. We appreciate you for that. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you're a subscriber, if you've rated five stars, that's all great. Um, If you just are a podcast listener and you want to kind of expand your giant take awesomeness, what you can do to help us out is by going and subscribing to the Giant Take YouTube channel. Um, And what we've been doing there is a lot. Um, Daily training camp day recaps on our YouTube channel. Alex, I said this in the video that I I don't know if you saw, but I I recorded in my day four recap in the end, I think. I said, I was calculating the days. I was like, I think we've done a daily video on YouTube from like straight from Tuesday through Saturday. An upload we had on YouTube, I believe, every single day since starting on that Tuesday, if not before. Um, So yes, that means that every day we uploaded a video and it was a lot, but we're going to continue as much as we can. And um, so if you really want that content, really covering your training camp, go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Obviously it's been 10 days since our last, or about 10 days since our last episode on the podcast. And don't worry because we're still going to have your training camp coverage. We're going through it all now. Um, as well here, but we're not going to get through every single little detail that we have. It's not going to be like, oh, Quincy Roche had a really good day in day four. Like that's not going to be a, in our podcast. If you really want the specific stuff when it comes to training camp and each day, 
that's where it's going to be. So please go and subscribe to that YouTube channel. And one more thing before Alex goes, <laughs> sorry. Um, if you are already subscribed on there, subscribed here to the podcast and you listen to that and also follow us on our social medias, 10 out of 10, five out of five, whatever you want to say, uh, we really appreciate it. But everyone, and even if you want to stick here on the podcast, it's great. Thank you so much for the support. Just wanted to throw that option out there that we've been putting a lot of content out on the YouTube channel and we don't plan to stop anytime soon this summer at least. Um, so while we have the time, we're using it to our advantage. Anyway, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, and I was also going to say, you know, when the time of the season comes and we're doing game recaps and stuff like that, uh, the YouTube channels usually, at least what we did last year was where uh, the YouTube channel kind of came a little bit first, like it came that night of the game and then the episode would have released on audio platforms the next morning. So if you want to hear it a little bit earlier and see our lovely faces, then you could also uh, do that. So, so you know, all around bonuses on the YouTube channel. We're working hard to improve the content every day. But yeah, that's all I want to say. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the season's going to entail. Obviously, we're going to be seniors in high school. Um, so it's like, I, I have no idea, but I, I know if we, we were definitely putting the episodes out on there and we even sometimes, Alex, if you remember if it was a game, we felt like it and we had the time we would do like a five, 10 minute game recap very quickly, threw it up on the YouTube channel to at least get something out there before we recorded the longer recap episodes. But yeah, for right now, for right now, for the month of August, definitely check out the YouTube channel for those daily recaps. They've been really fun to, to record. They've also been really fun to produce, I guess you could say, or edit for me um, as someone who likes to add in B-rolls. Alex knows photos, videos. I've been able to put in highlights. Uh, it's been really fun. So without further ado, however many minutes in you are listening to this podcast, let's actually get into the Giants news now, right? And let's start off with our thoughts and reactions from day one of training camp. And I have to put that in my mind of how long ago that was, right? So day four was on Saturday. Day three was on Friday. So what was that? Wednesday was day one. Um, I just thought there wasn't anything crazy that came out of that day. It was more about Joe Shane and Brian Dable, their initial um, interviews and them talking to the media that morning and also seeing the first team offense and the first team defense as of that point. They also activated Daniel Bellinger, I believe, that morning after being put on the pup list like 48 hours or 72 hours beforehand. So that was something to note as well. Um, But that were my main takeaways. And we'll go through the first team offense and first team defense on day one, what it was and how it's evolved over time um, to what it was on day four when I went, which we'll get to later too. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, it was awesome. Josh went to go to back together Saturday. What is it called? Back together Saturday. Uh, it really was just that they had the giants. What, it, what is it? The band, the, uh, what was it called? The giants, the, 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 the giants the, line. The G line. The G the line. line. Um, yeah. So the, here's a couple things. So I was with uh, Bobby and Justin and we'll talk about this more later, but Bobby and Justin yeah. from talk of giants and Danny King stopped by. So that was super fun. Having the weatherman there, the weatherman. And, um, <laughs> The, the things that were different because they've been to obviously all of the days. Um, this was their fourth day because day four. Oh, my God. I'm, why do I even need to say that? But anyway, <laughs> what they said was different because of Back Together Saturday was the G line that was there. There was a little more stuff, I guess, for the kids to do. And the last thing of Back Together Saturday was at the end, the players and the coaches 
went to where the bleachers were on the side and fist pumped and high fived fans. I don't know how you got in. I don't know if it was season ticket holders specifically, but somehow there was two gates. There was a gate that they got in and they were able to fist pump the players. Um, and us, it was me, Justin, Danny, and my dad, and we were like all standing in the same area. And what happened was um, Justin was like yelling like different stuff. Like, so Kadarius Tony walked by and he's like, Tony, media some clowns. <laughs> or Tony, no reaction to that. He yelled hi to Sanjo Platzgummer, who actually saw yeah, us and waved that. my back. So that was cool because they've obviously had Sanjo on the podcast. Um, a couple guys, Nico Lalos. Um, and, and actually there was some that – there was one player specifically that like looked at me and waved, and he was, he was really nice. I think it was a defensive player. It wasn't Dexter Lawrence. It wasn't Williams. It wasn't – it might have been – it might have been Kayvon. There was a player like maybe it was Julian Love. I don't know. I'm going off the rails, but it was definitely a defensive player that made eye contact with me when I yelled his name, and I was very happy about that. And like waved at me and was like, "Thank you." So. And then of course you don't remember who it was, so that's really helpful for I, podcast purposes. I don't. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> it was a defensive player, and that's all I can tell you. But yes, wow. Let's let's go back to uh, to day one here, Alex, so we can run through this yeah. a little quicker. So day day one, let's. Uh, you want to talk about the first team lineup first, the first team offense and first team defense? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, let's do that. So the first team offense on day one. Uh, started with QB, Daniel Jones, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Wondell Robinson, Daniel Bellinger, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, John Feliciano, Mark Lewinsky, and Evan Neal. Uh, key emissions from that, no Josh Azudu, no Darius Slayton, um, and no, in terms of the offense, and no Ricky Seals-Jones. Obviously, Bellinger was back, so he's taken over that number one role. And, uh, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. There was no, like, crazy uh, omissions on the offense. First team defense, we had Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jahad Ward, obviously, uh, Aziz Ojolari is out with that hamstring injury. Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder, Adoree Jackson, Aaron Robinson was on the outside, uh, Darnay Holmes in the slot, and then Xavier McKinney and Julian Love at safety. Uh, No surprises really there. Tay Crowder keeps his role. We maybe thought, oh, could it be Micah McFadden or Darian Beavers? But no, Tay Crowder uh, stays at the interior linebacker number two spot. Aaron Robinson on the outside. I think that was kind of assumed to be the case considering we don't really have any other options. Um, And besides that, I think everything else was pretty self-explanatory. Josh, do you have any comments on that? Any, like, concerns, questions. I don't know why you wouldn't ask me. You'd ask Brian Dable, but he's unfortunately not on the podcast, so can't really ask anyone. Um, I just wanted to add that I think Azizo Jalari is back and uninjured, or, or not uninjured, uh, is back and with the team practicing. I believe he practiced in 11-on-11 11 11 drills on Saturday when I went to back together Saturday on day four training camp, so should be all healed up from the injury there. Uh, I believe. So just wanted to mention that there. Um, and then, I mean, I guess as the days go by, we can, we can mention the other stuff and how it, it's, it's changed a little bit, the offensive line uh, mainly. So I guess continuing from there, yeah. let's talk about <laughs> Joe Shane. Um, the big thing out of their press conferences really was, you know, it was more like we're ready for the season type stuff. But one thing we did write down here was that they're going to go without a director of college scouting this year in 2022. 
Um, Shane specifically said that the Giants interviewed three to four candidates for the vacant position, previously held by Chris Pettit, who they who Shane actually fired him. We were like, oh wow, okay, Shane's really taking a hold of this uh, of this franchise. But the decision was made to move forward for this season without uh, hiring in that capacity. Dennis Hickey will take on some of these responsibilities, and he has some, I, I don't know the specific role, but some scouting role, maybe assistant scouting director or something like that. He's going to take on most of the value of that position just without the title um, this year. So there you go. Yeah, I think I think that's certainly important that you have someone uh, kind of backing up, you know, may, even if you don't have the, I guess, specific role, the specific person there kind of like if you didn't have a gm or something you'd want your assistant gm to step up i think it's similar here uh and i think hickey will do an all right job and joe shane is really the main talent evaluator that we want we want our coaches we want joe shane we want some of the scouts that he brought in uh to be the, or the good scouts that we have still uh from the previous regime to you know carry on and we don't really need a director of college scouting would it make it easier yes but i don't think it's a necessity so uh, I, I agree if you don't find the right person then, you know, don't force it. Again, um, I, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Again, a signing for the Giants. This is a funny one. Uh, the Giants ended up working out, and uh, he they also signed him, I believe, right? Did they sign him? They Yeah, they did sign him, right? St. Louis, really? Yeah, uh, I thought I thought they signed him, did they? No, 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 they didn't sign him. I don't think so. They signed a guy from the... USFL, uh, but it wasn't him. Oh, it wasn't him. Okay. Yeah, so you're, I'm just tripping now. Anyway, so they worked out this offensive tackle from the USFL uh, and former Patriot as well, Tyree St. Louis. Uh, he was with the Miami Hurricanes in college. He They also worked out veteran uh, offensive tackle Kendall Lamb. So those are a couple guys they worked out. There was a guy that they actually brought in. I think we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, So another interesting uh, couple groups of people. Looks like they're trying to beef up that offensive tackle spot uh, for camp, get a little bit more competition in there. Yeah. And I don't even, I think it's been so long that the whole Eric Ebron workout thing was uh, after our last episode, the giants worked out tight end Eric Ebron never ended up signing him, um, which is something interesting. They signed a, they signed two players from the same workout. I don't remember the names of them on the t- off the top of my head, but the same workout that they did with Eric Ebron, they didn't end up signing him, and that was a big deal for Giants fans. They were very excited when it turns out they worked him out, but never ended up signing him. Probably because he didn't want the minimum. Um, probably values himself a little bit higher than that, and the Giants wanted to sign him to the minimum. So that was a thing uh, there. That's something to note. Another thing to note is I saw they also worked out Devontae Booker, the, the guy they actually cut to make cap room, and they're probably hoping to sign him if they were to uh, because of getting him on the minimum and he could be a good backup option when he filled in for Saquon when Saquon was injured he did pretty well and right now I I wouldn't say the Giants have I mean he's a big upgrade over Antonio Williams or I was gonna say the Giants don't have extreme depth at the running back position I I I guess besides Matt Breida it's pretty much it behind Breida and be running back three I think if you can get him Bring him in. I mean, he ran solidly for us last season. He has that energy, has that passion. Um, he didn't. He was one of those players who actually didn't seem to give up at times during last season. So uh, I'd certainly welcome him back with open arms, uh, not as the backup, but as the number three, sure. 
Yeah, no, I would as well. Um, another thing we saw here on day one was Kadarius Tony, who obviously was wearing the red uh, jersey, the injured jersey in rookie minicamp, all that stuff, and has it off now. He's been practicing. He just had day four off for rest-wise, um, but he's up and running, doing all good. And I believe he had a really nice catch the play of the day on day one, a corner, a touchdown yeah, in the corner. that toe-tap fake one-handed catch because people were trying to say it was one-handed Giants fans yeah people were trying to say it was a one-handed catch it was not a one-handed catch but it was a very nice catch (laughs) on July 28th the Giants signed linebacker Austin Calitro they waived linebacker Justin Hilliard in the process Hilliard coming from Ohio State Uh, Calitro played in 47 regular season games with nine starts with Seattle, Jacksonville, Denver, and Cincinnati, played one postseason game for the Seahawks, which he signed his rookie free agent deal with in 2018. He was then cut by the Bengals in February after playing five games in the 2021 season, so this past season. And then Hilliard, if you remember, recently received a two-game suspension for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances. So another reason, I'm sure, why the Giants decided to waive him out of anyone else on the 90-man roster. I'll talk about the next thing here. Another training camp battle, I guess. Richie James fighting for four or five spot on the wide receiver depth chart. He's been doing pretty well so far in training camp, getting his name on there. I saw, I believe, a Giants Wire article, I want to say, at this point, after the first week of Giants training camp, five players who stood out. I want to say his name was on there. Not 100% sure, but I think it was. Mind you, another guy competing for that position that Alex loves to talk about Darius Slayton struggling with drops so far in training camp. What did he struggle with last season? Drops as well. What does Alex talk about? Oh my God, it's only a couple drops. Well, it's happening again in training camp when there's no pressure. You know who else is dropping the ball? Evan Ingram and Jackson. That too. I was going to go Evan Ingram and Jacksonville, who's dropped the ball on every single day of training camp for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just something funny to note there. He's not on the team anymore, but I just think it's funny. He's anyway. been emotionally scarred. He's been emotionally <laughs> scarred from his time with the Giants. But, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to, you know, Slayton's been dropping balls. Tony's been dropping balls. And Galladay has been dropping a ton of balls. Um, and I, 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 it's concerning. $72 million. I mean, uh, you don't want that. You're, you're supposedly sure-handed wide receivers uh, dropping balls. Um, I would say it's training camp. Let's all calm down a little bit. Uh, if they start dropping balls in the regular season, then I'll be a whole lot more concerned. But uh, for now, you know, it's not a great sign, but it doesn't fill me with confidence, but it's it doesn't fill me with concern quite yet. But uh, Richie James, I, there was a couple of clips of him. He's had some really sharp cuts against uh, Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes. Like, he looks really on the ball, uh, and I'm excited to see what he does, uh, besides just being a special team or kick returner uh, in terms of being a part of the offense. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think he's been making our 53-man roster predictions both times just for the reason of he's a punt returner, kick returner, so he's got to be one of those six or seven wide receivers that we signed just for that reason of special teams. But he could even add and and be a a part of this Giants um, offense. And I think with Brian Dable and Mike Kafka and having five guys out wide, even though probably one of them or two of them are running backs or tight ends, Maybe he could be one of those five wide guys. Um, We'll have to see how he slots up the depth chart. But I think he will make the roster as at this point, in my thinking, right now. So I talked about the first team on day one and how it kind of shifted a little bit on the offensive line. 
That is because John Feliciano was out two days with heat exhaustion issues. Now, it's really that's really scary uh, when you have that happen. And I think that happened for him on Thursday after practice, or he left practice early for I don't know. But then for him to be out on Friday, okay, whatever, you know, hopefully he's okay. Jameel Douglas stepped in. Jameel Douglas did not do well. Um, and then he for was him awful. to be a, yeah, he was very bad. But for Feliciano to then be out again on Saturday, that's what concerns me a little bit. Maybe it's just an extra day of rest. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, and I could very well be. But it's early in training camp. I get that. And hopefully maybe the Giants are just giving him extra rest because they knew they were going to be off on Sunday. So it's like, all right, just give him four days off overall, and hopefully he'll be, he'll be okay, or three days off overall. But I don't know. That's just that, that's a little weird to me. Two days out for heat and exhaustion issues. That's a little scary. Like, what about when the season starts? Like, are you going to be like he's going to be exhausted and have to come out during a game in the regular season? But hopefully everything's okay. Hopefully it won't be as hot. It won't be as hot well, during the regular that's season. That's true. But but how he's hard does he work from Buffalo? <laughs> how hard is he working in training camp where he's? Exhausted that much. Yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway. He could be a bit out of shape, for example, right? I'm not going like, to make an accusation. But that's, for example, one reason why he might be a little bit exhausted. You know, it's just the start of training camp, high intensity. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, but but anyway, day four. So Jamil Douglas absolutely failed. So instead, let's try Shane Lemieux. Give him a shot. He stepped in at center when Feliciano sat out again for the same issue two days in a row and did pretty well at center. Um, got himself into a fight, which we can get to in a little bit. But uh, besides that, Lemieux did pretty well. So it's definitely something to note. I mean, let's talk about the fight now. Why not? It's it's fun to talk about the fight. Otherwise, you're going to forget about the fight. The fight. I, I can, okay, okay yeah. You talk about the fight. You were there. So why don't you talk about it? I was there. So um, basically what happened was, again, I, I mentioned this in my day four recap. There's not a video really on it besides Bobby's little three-second thing. Um, actually, no, I think there was a longer one that, that I saw out on Twitter, but it's like a, it was a, it's a deep Twitter search and I'm not about to do it now to give you like a play by play. But what I will say from what I saw was in my, in our, in our right corner of the end zone was, um, Dexter Lawrence shoved someone on the offensive line, like beat them in the rep, but kind of went a little excessive and shoved them to the ground. Now, Shane Lemieux defending his teammate wasn't so happy about that. So he, I think started with the words words went into fists and they sort of were throwing each other on the ground, tackling each other, which then the giants kind of came in and joined Leonard Williams being one of them. And, but it did continue for a good 30 seconds. Like players kind of walked over and checking out what's, what the heck is going on. But the fighting fighting continued. The throwing on top of each other was, was a big deal. And what I didn't see was Brian Dable, the head coach of the giants running over at all. To break it up, not saying that that's his job, but slow walk in the back of behind every every player. Um, so I guess he just thought it wasn't that big of a deal. What I want to say though, a little a little fight's good for team spirit. I think that's what he thinks. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I I guess so. Um, but I do want to point out that Lemieux was dominant that entire drive, and I guess Lawrence just wasn't happy about it. So, but, but yeah, so there was a little fight. It ended, 
we thought Lemieux wasn't going to get put out there again. We thought they were both going to be punished, but uh, they, they both still got out there and did more reps throughout the day. So it wasn't, I guess, that big of a deal. Now it's all about how is Brian Dable going to respond when the second fight happens in the third? Um, obviously, being that middle ground guy between nice and, and extremely mean of a coach, kind of on the player side of things, where Joe Judge was more the opposite of the player side of things. We'll have to see how Brian Dable reacts. Yeah, the running lap side of things, right? I'd say that's like a more accurate description. Anyway, enough fighting uh, and more good plays, I guess, from training camp. I'd say the main player who stood out from training camp so far, it has to be Darnay Holmes, had an interception each of the first three days of training camp uh, and then forced a fumble in day four. And these weren't just like normal, like the ball was thrown to him. It was like a really bad throw. Some of them were bad throws, but he still had to work for those interceptions. And they were all extremely impressive. I think people are forgetting how good Darnay Holmes was. Um, I I know I want to say I mentioned it, but I probably didn't, that I thought Darnay Holmes was being a little bit disrespected. Of course, it's easy to say that now. Uh, So now I just look like falling on the bandwagon. But I swear I was thinking it before if I didn't say it already. Um, but now I sound really desperate anyway, (laughs) uh, but really impressive what he's doing. And it looks like he's currently beating out rookie Cordell Flott for that starting slot role. Uh, however, Flott has also been doing well so far in camp. It doesn't look like he really gained a lot of weight Flott. Uh, so I assume he's still going to be in that slot area. Uh, I don't think you're going to see him on the outside due to him being just not, just not uh, big enough to play on the outside, uh, physically. And then... Uh, you know, uh, it looks like Aaron Robinson's going to be that main guy on the outside. Anyway, do you have anything to say about Darnay Holmes? Or do you want me to move on to the offense? No, just besides the fact that, like you were already mentioning, just performing really well so far. And I know we lost James Bradbury to the Eagles. And I'm not going to say we're in safe hands because two different positions, one of them's a slot I mean, same position, but two different spots on the field. One of them's a slot guy. One of them's on the outside guarding the number one receivers in the NFL when we played them. So what I will say, I won't say we're in good hands, but I'll say for right now, the young players we have at the cornerback position, losing James Bradbury, it's not right now. It's not looking as bad as what we thought originally when Bradbury signed with the Eagles. Yes, it's there's still a gut punch there, but it's not the same as the day James Bradbury signed with the Eagles were like, or more like before he even signed, when he was released, the day he was released, we were like, oh no, like we are going to suck at cornerback. Right now, I'm... I think I'm, we still are. I think we still are. I'm not going to okay. lie. Because that I mean, outside, Aaron Robinson playing the outside when he really hasn't done that, I, it's worrying. But I think it's it's looking better than I initially thought. I would agree with you. I mean, I, I think Adoree Jackson, he's not our savior, but I mean, he's not, he's, he's not the best. Can he catch the ball for a pick? That's questionable. No. <laughs> Is he James Bradbury? No, but also remember Bradbury struggled last year. So, but, but anyway, he's not on the team anymore. I, let's go. To, I let's, think, um, I think Adoree Jackson, sorry. I think Adoree Jackson is a very, very, very high end CB2 and a very, very low-end CB1. So I think he may struggle against those elite, elite receivers that we play, uh, whether it be, I'm trying to think, like, who are we playing that's, like, a really elite receiver? Like, Titans, uh, it would have been, like, A.J. Brown, for example, uh, if, against the Eagles, right? I think he could struggle against a guy like A.J. Brown who's so physically dominant. Uh, Adore Jackson a little bit on the smaller side compared to James Bradbury, 
uh, I think he could struggle in a matchup like that. So I think he's not as flexible against those really, really good, physical, powerful receivers uh, that we tend that are tend to be a lot more uh, popular now in the modern day NFL. But uh, I, I'm definitely that's the group that I'm most interested in starting the season, seeing how they do in preseason, and uh, we'll see what it goes, what it looks like from there. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, you can go on to the offense now. <laughs> yeah, so the offense is it's just really looking fun compared to the old of Jason Garrett's offense. And my God, did that look sloppy and horrible in 1980s NFL football of running, 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 and but not even getting yards when running. It looks good now. We have motion. We're looking like a team that's in the 21st century. That's what you got to do when you play in the NFL because we are in 2022. So you got to look like a team with an offense from 2022, and that's what we look like. So obviously our new offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, looks like from the plays we've seen so far in training camp that Brian Dable, though he might be calling plays, he's really giving Kafka the ability to, what it looks like, create the plays and also help lead his offense. Looks like he's basically giving him the floor in Giants meetings, uh, the offensive meetings. So with that being said, a lot of motion. I, I pointed this out on Twitter with a video and in my recap video of day four, there was a play where Daniel Jones started under center. There were three guys behind him in the backfield, two split out to the right side, one split out to the left side, and Jones went back into shotgun position. There was that. There's been a lot of orbit motion with Wondell Robinson, meaning that he's been running kind of in circles uh, or half circles to the right or to the left of Daniel Jones in the backfield, sort of. Um, And that's something similar to what we saw with Tyreek Hill when he was in Kansas City. Who else was in Kansas City? Well, the offensive assistant at the time, Mike Kafka, who is now our offensive coordinator. So that's definitely where that originates from. But yes, Every single player, like every other player, every one in four plays, you see motion on that line. You see guys moving from the right to left side. It's a modern day offense, and it's it's exciting for right now. Maybe the players that we have in offense, it's not going to look so great during the regular season, but for right now, it's exciting. Yeah, um, Jason Garrett, he was shocked. He can't believe what he's seeing. Anyway, uh, moving on to some a couple like logistical player. Uh, things here. Blake Martinez started out only doing individual drills on days one and two, and then moved back into or moved into team drills on day three, which is a good sign in his recovery from his injury last year. Um, and hopefully he is good to go uh, for the rest of training camp and for the season. Kadarius Tony, uh, obviously you mentioned he was in the red shirt during the spring, and now he is back to full uh, being a full participant, but he did get a rest day on Saturday. So, um, you know, Josh didn't get to see him in action, I guess, when he was there. And pads are going to start to be worn starting on Monday, which is today when you're listening to this episode or when it came out. So look out for more physicality, possibly more fights. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm interested now that they have pads on, if they're going to start running the ball. They really haven't. They didn't run it at all on day four. And I want to see if they run it at all with the pads on. Um, there were, what I want to say when it comes to starting in behind the backfield, there were screenplays, at least three or four. They were absolutely awful. Um, you cannot tackle. So it's kind of hard to even think about doing a screenplay, but the screenplays that we saw were absolutely 
terrible, which is similar to Jason Garrett when he was with the team, but just wanted to point that out. I'd also say a lot of people are like, oh, the defense has been dominating the offense, et cetera. Well, the offense can't run the ball. So they've lost half their variability in their play calling. So it's kind of difficult. The defense on every down knows, hey, they're definitely not running the ball. They're definitely not going to hand it off. So, you know, it's it's tough right now. Once they get in pads, I think that's going to give us a better assessment of what's really going on once we get into preseason, et cetera. I agree with you. Um, and, and I think something to talk about is also with the defense, it's, you're only working with so much of the field. The Giants don't have the full field. They're, they're doing half field. They don't really know the plays that well. They don't really know their teammates that well because it's like first team, second team, third team. They're all Everyone's learning each other's play styles. So, yes, the defense is looking really good so far, and the offense may be looking really bad. It's day four. I mean, Brian Dable said it in his press conference um, the the other day, or beginning before day four. So Saturday morning, he said in his press conference, he's like, it's only day four. Like, we're, I'm not going to be out here, you know, yelling at my guys if they're if they're not getting the plays right. My, Finding Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the offense is looking sloppy. Um, but it, there's also good things. There's also good plays happening. So it's like you got to be in the middle right now. It's, it's, it's going to get better before it gets worse, you would hope. Um, so let's talk about a guy that we hope will get better. And that's Daniel Jones, who had a few bad throws on Saturday, but overall it was a good day for him. So far, yes, he's thrown some interceptions in training camp. Yes, the one on Saturday was bad. You just hope he gets better um, as it goes along here. Alex already mentioned it, so I guess we mentioned we talk about it now. Tyrod Taylor, um, the, the backup, a very good backup for the Giants, possibly their best backup they've ever had since the later stages of Eli Manning in his final season. Um, but honestly, honestly, Manning wasn't even that good then because it was the end of his career. So the best backup the Giants have had in a long time can step in at any time if necessary. He hasn't looked amazing, but he's looked pretty consistent you know, with the second team when he's been playing. And I want to say that the rumors of Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded to the Giants, it's pathetic. It's stupid. If the guy gets traded here, I will be absolutely extremely surprised we but don't have the no- cap room we don't there's no way we could do it unless we traded them like i, I don't even know who we could possibly trade that like we trade a dory jackson or something to that like the cap just does like if you look at the cap room it just doesn't work out it's just for clickbait because there's no there's no way the giants have no cap room <laughs> every time someone says that i'm like yeah they could want him all they want but they they could be in love with him and they still couldn't get it. We don't have the cap room. Like There's it's just no not reason realistic. for it either. There's no yeah. reason for it. We're going from a mediocre to bad quarterback to another mediocre to bad quarterback. What does Jimmy G have that Daniel Jones doesn't have? Like I'm, I it, tell experience. me. Like, I, that's about it. <laughs> uh, okay, da- but Daniel Jones has experience too. But he's still bad. Jimmy Garoppolo has experience too. He's still bad. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and Trey Lance are in a battle for who's going to be the starting quarterback. So. He, he just named Trey Jets. Lance the starter. <laughs> oh, so then, yeah. So yeah. what are we even talking about here? So now, oh yeah, Giants are rumored to trade for a backup quarterback. Okay, <laughs> we trade for the backup. What is he going to do, start now? So now we have Jimmy Garoppolo as our starter with Daniel Jones backing up and then Tyrod Taylor backing up Daniel Jones, who's backing up Jimmy Garoppolo. It's stupid. 
I'm shutting down the rumors now. It's done. It's, it's been shut down. It's been, been shut, shut down. down. I'm, yeah. And then the whole thing with Tyrod Taylor, and there's only been one reporter who's really been doing it, and we know who it is. It's Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News. And again, I want to say it because Pat has always been nice to us. He's come on our podcast a couple times. But the reports that he's putting out is so early in camp. And I, I don't know if it's because he wants a negative clickbait. I don't know if it's because he's just a pro hater of the Giants. But I'm not going to unleash an, like a, 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 I, you know, a rant about his work. Um, some people, I think, take it way too extreme. It's a man and, and the business that he does. And this is the business that it, right now – journalism it's about clickbaits especially sports journalism and that's what he's going for now if they were nice clickbaits you wouldn't click on them but because they're negative clickbaits about bad things with the team that's why people click on them people are more likely to click on negative you know clickbaits than positive clickbaits and that's he just happens to be negative but i will say though it's it's too early for him to be doing the stuff with tyrod taylor coming it's 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 bad um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Cause again, I, he's been nice to us. So I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to go too far with that. Yeah. I mean, when you see Daniel Jones sucks, here's why. And you click angrily onto the thing, but it says Daniel Jones has the potential to be a top 15 quarter. Like you don't hear like, yeah, I know that already. So that that's kind of how you think about it. If you want an example there. Speaking of Daniel Jones, or not speaking of Daniel Jones, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley here. Uh, I was going to talk about Daniel Jones, and I was like, Josh already talked about Daniel Jones. That's literally what we've been talking about for fifteen uh, for the last five minutes now. So I'm going to move on to Saquon Barkley here. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks sloppy uh, in general during passing routes and screens. Ball hit his helmet and dropped because he wasn't even looking. Uh, we saw that last year during a game, I believe, too, that happened. Um, but he obviously also had the fumble, so that's another somewhat negative thing. Ball security is important for a running back. Um, and uh, he did I have that one. I want to also mention he didn't even run after it. The ball got stripped out of his hands by Darnay Holm, picked up by Julian Love. I know it's training camp, and it's just 11-on-11 11 11 drills. It seemed like he had no effort to even turn around and run after Love and make an attempt to get the ball. That is bad effort, and that just shows a lack of, of sportsmanship, I guess is I don't know if that's the right. No, word, that's not that's not the right. A word. lack of focus, a lack of intensity. There we go. Lack, there you go, intensity. Yeah, and he needs to have that because honestly, if Barkley wants to say all this BS in his in his interviews, like I'm gonna live up to the hype, I want to live up to the hype, I wanna I wanna get up to the level that the Giants shaft me on. Whatever the BS quotes that he's putting out in these interviews, okay, show it on the field now. Thank you. He's coming up with all these things out of out of books. The man should be a writer after his career ends. But first, let's be a Hall of Famer. Oh my let's Lord. be a Super Bowl oh champion. Let's let's rush for a thousand yards. It, the thing is, like Alex, I can't anymore. He wants to talk all this talk in his press conferences, but he hasn't shown it on the field for the past two to three years because of injuries. So let's stay healthy. Let's. And and I would say he's staying humble, but I can't with like the the quotes in his in his press conferences. I want to live up. I want to live up to the Giants' expectations when they drafted me. Okay, do that. How about let's not get stripped in training camp on eleven on eleven team drills on day four. 
It's so, Alex, someone's struggling Alex, with Josh. <laughs> giant take right here. Giant take right here before we start wrapping up. Giant take. And I think we know this already, and that's why people and, and us remember when we talked about trading Barkley. I don't think he will ever live up to that rookie season ever again. It's too much. It's too high of a ladder. It's never going to be done again. That's my well, giant take. Prophecy. That is a. I wouldn't even say it's a giant take. I think it's just yeah. a take. But anyway, uh, I did have that nice one-handed grab in day one. So if that's yeah. what you're looking good for, good for him. I'm I'm glad we're him. celebrating one-handed grabs by running back during individual drills of training camp on day one. This is great stuff. I'm glad I'm glad we're celebrating this for our star <laughs> running back number one player on the team, Saquon Barkley. Wonderful. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Josh is obviously. <laughs> steam coming out of his ears right now so i think we should wrap it up um you know i guess i'll send it to josh of course now we send it back to the man with the steaming ears uh to give out all yeah so um like i kind of said in the beginning if you're listening thanks so much for listening hit that subscribe button on apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen drop that five stars as well if you want to find out more places to listen to the podcast go to shipstudios.com Slash a giant take. Follow us on Twitter at the giant take pod in, uh, and and TikTok um, at the giant take pod. Instagram and Facebook, the giant take podcast. Alex on Twitter at anorian23. I'm on Twitter at joshold29. If I read the, that stuff too fast, most of it, if not all of it, should be in the podcast notes so you can check it out there. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, the giant take on YouTube for daily content, especially training camp recaps. Um, when this episode gets released on Monday, there's also most likely going to be day five recap of training camp video out on the same day. So a lot of content. Um, also, also, <laughs> we're going to training camp. I'm going to Fan Fest. Hopefully Alex is joining me. I don't know about that. We'll see. Uh, on Friday, I know I'm going. And then we're hopefully going to training camp that following Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we're really excited for that. We'll probably have an episode out before later this week, though, before that happens. Um but anyway, uh, with that being said, I, I think I got all the plugs in here. And uh, Alex, I'll send it back to you, crazy enough. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you all next time with another episode. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.